This episode of Retro Rebel Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash podcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or favorite MP3 player. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, the show where we discuss retro gaming and related topics for your listening pleasure. Retro Rebel is released every week, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or Stitcher. If you like what you hear and want to support us, head over to patreon.com slash templeofgeek, where you can toss a couple bucks our way and get early access and some other goodies. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter by using the handle at templeofgeek. My name is Stacy, and as usual, joining me today are my fellow Rebels, Daniel, Rooster, and Amanda. How are you guys doing? Welcome. Good. Fantastic. Good. Awesome. Somebody's crunching in the microphone. It's definitely not me. Well, this is episode four, and uh, so we'll get to the topic here in a minute, but first I just want to do what we normally do, kind of go around the room and see what everybody's playing. So, Daniel, what are you up to? What have you been playing? Why did you have to start with me? You seem to be having the least technical difficulties, um, and by and by least I mean most. I actually started uh, playing Mother Three. This uh, ordered um, on eBay. I got a good deal, sweet deal. I got Mother One and Two, and Mother Three on Game Boy Advance. Um, for those of you who don't know, Mother is the Japanese equivalent of the Earthbound series. Oh, okay. Um, never mm-hmm. played Mother Three, so was able to get a down, uh, translation patch and play it in my Retron, and that's what I've been playing. So it's been pretty awesome so far now i don't know much about that that series all i know is i've watched some uh youtube videos on the ending and the meaning of the ending and that's supposed to be pretty twisted is that correct yeah i mean i don't know if they meant it to be twisted or if it was just the director's sick sense of humor the game is just kind of a if you know it follows you know a kid and they do kid things in the town and you know aliens are invading things like that um but yeah, the ending of the last game, the second game, which is the one that was released here in the United States, was pretty demented, pretty twisted. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I heard. You're back in the womb or something like that. I don't know. It was uh, if yeah, if you watched uh, if you watch Game Theory, uh, he, he twenty he, year twenty year old spoiler alert. <laughs> he, he talks about how how that represents the womb and all that other stuff. And yeah, I don't know if that was actually meant to be that way or if it was you know just kind of a sick inside joke by the director. But yeah, it's yeah. Sweet. Well, Amanda, what about you? You're our resident, uh, you know, keeping keeping us all up on gaming. So what have you been doing? Oh, yeah. Well, I attempted to play uh, some of the free games for gold this week. Mm-hmm. So I gave Secrets of Monkey Island a shot. Um, I made it through kind of like the first major quest in the town. And then just decided it was far too camp for me. I mean, mm. the jokes are just so awful. And it was so cringeworthy. And puzzlers kind of of that time period were not very intuitive. So there was some part where you had to um, collect some meat. And there was um, like of a seagull that kept trying to eat the meat. And you had to go to the end of the dock where there was a loose plank. 
and it would like smack the seagull and then you had to run back real quick and grab the meat. I mean, I never would have figured that out. I had to use a walkthrough. And at that point, I was like, no. So I attempted to play a game this week, but it did not go well. Very nice. Yeah. Rooster, what about you? I know you probably haven't had a lot of time. No, I haven't. I've been moving. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've been moving. And uh, if you can see my Xbox down the corner of my new house. It's a good uh, place just, for it. Just chilling right now. But I have been gaming. I've been um, playing the uh, Madden on the uh, iPad which is a very good um, app if you guys are into sports games. But um, Very bro uh, of you. <laughs> that's uh, it's one of my favorites. I'm, I'm, um, I'm playing as the Cowboys, 8-1 uh, and one right now, so go sure. Cowboys. Yep. <laughs> so that's what very I'm Very nice. Very nice. Well, uh, like Amanda, I also was trying out uh, Monkey Island. I hadn't played it in years. I, I loved adventure games like that. Uh, Broken Sword was one of my favorite. It was one of the first articles I wrote on Temple of Geek was about Broken Sword. And that's about the Templars. And and uh, it's a very convoluted story. It starts with clowns. It ends with knights of the round oh. table. Yeah. it's uh, And it's not intuitive. You know, going back and trying. I mean, I was stuck on that game so many times. They're just, it. the puzzles didn't make sense. You know, it's like intentionally difficult i always had to go to game facts to find out how to play so that wasn't you know it brought back all those memories so yeah i got even less far than amanda did i was still in the bar with uh guybrush threepwood one of the all-time greatest names in video games with old threepwood and uh we were talking to the pirates and i was like mm, eh. nope so yeah i uh i wrapped that up and uh then i got back on the gears of war so I'm about halfway through Gears. Um, so obviously we aren't trying to review any of these games in a timely fashion. So <laughs> Gears has been out for a while. But um, anyway, so that's what I've been doing. <clears throat> so today, episode five, what I wanted to talk about, guys, was VR and peripherals. So I wanted to talk about, like, first... You know, your impression of VR, um, you know, it's it's coming, and, and we've got multiple versions of it. Amanda shared one of her horror stories uh, with us about VR, her early exposure to VR. Which I still can't uh, find. Oh, well, see, <laughs> it, the story is worth telling. <laughs> uh, but uh, at least at least alluding to that, because I, I think that's uh, that's pretty incredible, pretty amazing. But I want to talk about VR first, and then I want to talk about, you know, what kind of games do you think lend themselves to that genre or that that uh, mode of playing, and then what games just absolutely do not. So uh, since we only really have one person that's got solid experience, Amanda, you want to tell us kind of what your experience was? I know you got to play it recently. Yeah, so um, I was in the city of dance in poland last weekend and i got to do an oculus rift immersive experience for the low low price of what probably converted to three great british pounds so it was lovely um essentially it was a, a rig and you sit in the rig and they've got all sort of like olfactory and sensory like inputs so they put the oculus rift on you you're not using their motion controllers or anything like that, which I did get to test out uh, yesterday, so I will tell you about that. But um, you sit there, you're completely stationary. The chair itself has rocking movements. They've got, like, misters and, um, like, 
quite good quality surrounds and they plug you up to like a dinosaur experience sort of movie that you're watching so you're like in a vehicle and you're going down these paths and you're walking underneath the dinosaurs and dinosaurs are attacking you and they're like lifting your your like um the flying ones are like picking up your jeep and throwing it over cliffs and things and uh you know whenever any of the dinosaurs like breathe in your face they do like um, push air onto your face and like mist you and stuff. So it's quite immersive. But what I will say is that because they don't put any legs on your figure, when you look down, <laughs> there's just a seat. You're not there. You're like, Where's and I was there with a friend of mine. <laughs> 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 exactly. Um, I was there with a friend of mine, and he was seated to my left. But in this experience, you're always the driver. So when I looked to my left, I could hear my friend like screeching and there's nobody there. I could touch him with my actual hands, but I couldn't see him in the game. Um, I didn't have any legs. And after about five minutes, I started to feel quite ill um, because you're completely blocked off from any sort of system senses, but you know you're not moving, um, which just kind of messes with your head. Yesterday, when I went to the Oculus Rift demonstration in Westfield, Stratford City in London, they had like a bunch of booths set up and they, um, they're they doing it kind of as a Christmas kickoff. You know, they've got all these sort of financing options if you want to buy the, the thing. Um, but they did let you do about a 15-minute demonstration with the controllers. That makes a huge difference because prior to that, I was going to write off VR as something that I could never do. But yep. it makes a huge difference when you are moving. So if you are standing up and you're walking and uh, your arms are moving and things like that, you've got controllers, you have some sense of um, control over the game. It doesn't make you ill as, as much as when you're just sitting, but that does mean that if you've got a small play space and you want to play for long periods of time, you're going to get tired, and if you sit down, you might get ill. So they did have some very cool games. I played a game um, where you're like a wizard and you're uh, summoning fireballs and you have an ice shield and you can make a javelin. Um, And it was quite cool. They had like a superpower move where you like kind of summon with your hands by like waving them in certain directions, a bunch of like firecrackers and then they go and hit the like boss so that was quite cool. They also had a climbing simulator. So you were like on the side of a cliff. And if you look behind you, it's just like nothing. And you have to like climb up and jump across. Um, and that was quite a cool experience. And you don't feel ill because you're actually moving. Um, but I have to say stationary experiences just aren't for me. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I can totally see that. And now, Daniel and Rooster, y'all have any experience? And I know that they're, the Google... Or the uh, Android phone experience. You can do some kind of 3D slash VR, right? Can't we? Can't you do something like that? Yeah, I was, uh, that's what I was going to say. I was like, the closest I've ever come to VR was my Samsung VR headset that came free with my phone. <laughs> nice. Um, but I don't think it immerses you like what you know what Amanda was explaining. Um, I mean, it's just basically your phone that has two little lenses that magnifies the screen and it kind of burns your yeah. eye retinas and and. <laughs> Um, so enjoyable. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite enjoyable, but I mean, I've only used it. I mean, I could only use it for like maybe half an hour before I start getting a headache. Yeah. So for me, the, 
Yeah. yeah, for me, the only VR experience I've ever had was uh, when I took a trip to Universal Studios. I went to the um, uh, movie uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and it was on a big screen, uh, but it had similar uh, effects. Um, it had, um, during certain parts of the movie, it had mist that would, like, when the dog sneezed on the kids, it would have mist to blow in your face, which is gross if you think about it. But um, it was interactive. You know, and um, that's pretty much as close as VR as I've ever come to. And I had to visit a big studio, Universal Studios, to to get right. close to it. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, and I'm I'm the same way. I my I think my I don't I have a Samsung phone. I didn't experience any of the VR stuff with that. Like Rooster, um, I enjoyed my only VR experience really on the rides there, where you're kind of stationary and they kind of give you the illusion that you're going through a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Spider-Man ride at at uh, Universal is, you know, but I, but again, it was disorienting. Uh, it was not enjoyable, and that just may be because I'm getting old, and I hate that. But it was, uh, it was not that enjoyable. Uh, my very first experience was probably the SpongeBob ride, and mm-hmm. <laughs> where you're uh, you're chasing the pickle. Or whatever that fell off the Krabby Patty or something I can't remember. But um, wow, yeah, hey, and that, that was Six a, Flags. Yeah, that was at Six Flags, and you're sitting in a chair, and the chair vibrates and moves forward and backward and does all this stuff. So you're kind of getting the illusion you're moving, but you're not really moving. Are um, you sure you were at a legitimate theme park? Sounds right. dodgy. It was dodgy to be, uh, to be completely honest. Probably, you know, at the time I was like, well, this isn't that bad, but. The more I think about it, it's like, what a ripoff. The fact that that was an actual ride. And you're like, yeah. So when it was over with, I, I felt uh, cheated. But um, so, you know, what I'm getting, though, from what Amanda said and, and from what I've read for the most part, the, the you know, the activity simulators, I don't know what else, a, a better way to, to kind of classify them, climbing up. Uh, a rock face or, or, you know, mountain climbing or something like that or cooking, things like that. Those are some of the simulators that I've heard of. What kind of genres really lend themselves to VR? And then which ones just absolutely do not lend themselves to this? Assassin's Creed. (laughs) (laughs) I think that would be a good way to cull the herd, don't you? Could you imagine just being able to, like, sneak up behind somebody in the game and just literally slice their throat and then start climbing a wall? That'd be awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it would be. Yeah, but, I mean, that's... That's the thing. What were you going to say? I was going to say one of the coolest things I saw, which I would uh, totally 100% be behind, was it wasn't, um, uh, I mean, it was a VR thing, but it was on Facebook. And it was like Facebook's got this um, 3D thing where you can like take your finger and you can move around the screen and stuff. But it was a, a, a walking dead thing where all the zombies are coming up to you. You can't move or do anything. You just move the screen and just watch these zombies come up to you. But in my world, I love the Walking Dead um, atmosphere. So a VR of Walking Dead where I can actually interact and actually um, fight the zombies in that world would be something that would be amazing to me. Yeah, we we talked about that in the horror episode. That's not going to be an issue for me to uh, be in that situation. (laughs) Nope. I feel Uh, like it's a training training tool for, you know, the zombie apocalypse. (laughs) Right, which, I mean, it's inevitable. Except I'd be worried. Except I'd be worried uh-huh. if you started playing at Rooster, you could run in your room, start grabbing guns and shooting up the place. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm like, no, it's virtual reality, Rooster. I'm, I'm still sitting here. So I do live in Texas. So. That is true. I mean, you you have a television and a gun in every room. 
Yes. But uh, <laughs> well, and and I think that comes down to me what the fundamental problem is is you know if you're stationary it can make you ill or nauseous. If you're if you don't have space, then or if you're you know you're not able to stand up, move around. You know, it, it seems to me like if you're trying to play a game with someone else that that just is not the best method you know you you'd have to have a, a large room where you have plenty of space to where you and whoever's playing with you is not standing right next to each other so you don't smack each other while you're casting <laughs> spells or swinging a sword or break valuables right yeah i i can say that it does take quite a decent bit of space we were in about a four by four roped off area and even then the guy at the stand kept having to make us move back because it, you drift towards the television without yeah. even like realizing that you're doing it. But I have seen peripherals for things like the Oculus Rift that are multi-directional floor track pads. Yeah. So essentially it's a multi-directional treadmill that yeah. gives you like 360 and then you can run and walk and do whatever and you're, you're 100% not going to move. If I was going to invest in, um, in VR, I would say you really need a hamster ball or a multi-directional uh, <laughs> in order to protect your stuff. Because if you're playing alone and you drift towards the television, as I've seen everyone do at these demonstrations, you're going to smash your TV. You 100% will. <laughs> but how does, yeah. how does one um, afford these things? The I was going to say, for the low, low price of $5,000, <laughs> you can just get <laughs> your treadmill. Yeah, they're really expensive. All of the peripherals are expensive. The VR kit itself is about 500 bucks. Like, it's a lot of money. You get the controllers, but if you want other people to play, you need to buy more controllers and more headsets. And Just it's like the entertainment solo systems. activity. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and it seems to be one of those premier items. Uh, you know, the people who seem to enjoy it the most are the ones that were given one to review it. Mm. And people so, watch them doing it. Right, and so they they have this. I don't know. They just have a, a platform to to enjoy it in a way I don't think most people can, or or the you know the majority of people. So, uh, you know, I'm not against it. I think there's obviously going to be application for it. I think there are going to be games that can be used for it. I just don't see it being a. It's not going to replace gaming, you know, the way that we know it. To me, yeah, uh, at least not for me. Um, and and uh, I, and so th just as popular as gaming is, I don't I don't think you could play Madden on it. I don't think you could play, uh, although that would be cool if you were on a treadmill. But you'd have to be running and catch the ball or throw the ball or whatever. Call of Duty. I mean, it would all be very interesting to see how you do it. But with so much going on, I don't know how you don't get nauseous. Explosions yeah. and and how quick you would need to move and how responsive. I've heard it's not that responsive either. Again, this is early builds and and kind of the beginning of VR. But um, yeah, it it's fairly responsive. But I will say that get aiming is a yeah. problem because um, you know I'm fairly good at video games and it took <laughs> me quite a while to figure out how to aim the fireball at the boss because the trajectory isn't straight. So obviously yeah. it's it's going to leave your hand and go in an arc and yeah. figuring out where the arc going. I mean, after a while, I realized that Spider-Man throw is the only way to hit the target, uh, <laughs> which the guy who ran the stand is like, now that's how I'm going to describe it to everyone because that works. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I nice. mean, I think there are applications, perhaps <sighs> in the way that rock band has gone, where you can yeah. get a proper guitar peripheral. You can actually learn how to play real guitar if you get good at the game. It may be that you use VR and things like that to hone skills that might actually have real-world value. Yeah. But, but the graphics, for me, are the sticking point. No matter how immersive it is, it does not look like real life. And nothing that I've seen looks like real life. The climbing simulator does not look like real life. Nothing yeah. looks real. Or real enough to suspend disbelief. Um, yeah. So I think they would need to actually map kind of 360 real world environments so that you can properly lose yourself because having computer generated worlds it's just not enough you yeah. know that it's not real um the deck to be sure Stacey, i'll see you again go ahead reset no i just i just see it being a really cool thing at first and then getting really old and and being not applicable anymore just like the uh, Xbox 360, I have the um, what is it the, uh, the the view thing where you can move and it follows you and all that stuff. And what's it called? Connect. Yeah, the Connect. Have the Connect. The coolest yeah, thing that, that the coolest thing with the Connect is I can control iTunes with my finger or uh, Netflix with my finger. Um, but it was really fun at first, and then it got really old because I mean, who who really wants to be by themselves dancing around the room? <laughs> You know, it's more of an entertainment thing when you got people over and you can watch other people do it. I, I see the VR thing being the same thing. You want to put the VR on somebody and watch other people do it and watch them move around and, and struggle. <laughs> but I, I see it being really fun at first, but then just dying out unless they incorporate better graphics and, and ways to use it. Yeah. What were you going to say, Daniel? Virtual reality movies is what it is. Right. Right, and that's that's where I see the biggest use or the the most popular use in the future. But. Well, I just I was just you know laughing a little bit at what Amanda was saying when she was saying that the graphics just don't look realistic. And I was, what I was going to say was, can you imagine if VR you know was like really big back like when we you, you and I were playing games when we were kids? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I eight bit lawnmower yeah. man style VR. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that would be terrifying. It'd be terrifying. Johnny Demonic. <laughs> yeah, that would be absolutely terrifying. It'd be see a big blockhead and River City Ransom. Yeah, mm. coming at you that way. Yeah, ridiculous. So, well, do you, so so we kind of have an idea, or we've come to a consensus, I think, on what we think will work. What do you think just will not work? Do you think there's anything that just will not work on VR, like? That there's going to be genres of games and, and types of games that we can only play on consoles, on televisions, as we traditionally have. Well, I think I think it has to be, if you're going to stick solely on the VR with the goggles and everything, it has to be an adventure game where you walk around and you can move yeah. your hands. Your walking but simulators. You, yeah. yeah, but if you really want to fight, they're going to have to incorporate some kind of finger things where you can actually control something and, you know, almost like computer-esque, like gloves. Yeah. or something where you can actually control stuff. But as far as it goes right now, it's just going to be a virtual reality where you're just walking around and things pop up and scare you, and then you can, you know, it's all, that's, those things. It's like where you're on rails, you know, basically is how yeah. most of those are now. I, I think one problem would be, like, 
current IP platformers. Like you couldn't make a Mario game in the virtual reality world. And like in the virtual reality world, you're Mario. It just wouldn't make sense because part of the fun of playing like a game like Mario Brothers is seeing the character run across the screen, hitting the blocks, jumping on the Goombas. Um, mm-hmm. If they made a, you know, if they made a platform style game, it would have to be a brand new IP. I, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, I would say some other games that wouldn't work very well are things like Magic, Hearthstone, anything that's like a card-based game or Tetris. a strategy-based game. It it doesn't lend itself very well because you need fine precision motor skills and also being nauseated while trying to like determine what card to play next in Magic sounds like the worst thing ever. So. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, I, I, I agree completely. Um, I I think RPGs just don't seem to lend themselves, especially if it's something that, that's bulky, that you have to wear for a long period of time, that, that isn't comfortable necessarily, and where you're immersing yourself for hours at a time. It just doesn't seem like that lends itself very well. So They're not even building games of that length. I mean, most of the games that I've seen for the Oculus Rift cost about seven bucks, and that's because they're like, 30 minutes long you know yeah. it, it they know the limitations of 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 the space that they're in i think honestly virtual reality you need a holodeck you need a full space you know what i mean like it doesn't yeah. work to have something strapped to your head for long yeah. periods of time i i think it's cool um but i just don't think i don't think it's going to change gaming the way that uh some of the people in the industry are leading us to believe that's just my opinion, though. So you know, and the thing about it too, if it's not precise, if it's not a precise game, like I bought the um, Resident Evil game on the Wii, which is probably one of the closest uh, VR games you could play because you're it follows you and you're moving around, and the the aiming was like she was saying with the fireballs and stuff, you had to figure it out. If it's not precise, I think it would get frustrating, and then people yeah. would just put it down and not want to play it anymore. You know, it's yeah. like. You just go back to the regular games. When she said holodeck, I started wondering if I could turn the guest bedroom into a holodeck room. <laughs> that would be awesome. Take, you if need you a figure lot, it out, you the wood floors. Yeah. If you figure it out, tell me uh, you did it. Um, that would be my next thing. Absolutely. Well, that topic was brought to you by our sponsor, Audible.com. Audible is offering a free audiobook download for you, the listeners of the Retro Rebel Gamecast, with a free 30-day trial giving you the opportunity to check out their service. Amanda, what's our recommendation this week? Our recommendation this week is A Game of Thrones by George R.R. Markin. The first one in the series is A Song of Ice and Fire, and it is available to download for free in the trial. And we all, we realize that book has been out a while, but I mean, I, I can imagine just listening to it uh, makes a huge difference. Uh, everything that's going on there and all the characters, I think that'd be fantastic. I may actually do that myself. And I think so it, you can clo- head over to- it clocks What's in that? at about fifty-six uh, hours. See, plenty of time to <laughs> just, get you from the a- wall back to, yeah, you, you, plenty of time. You know, you'll be listening to that for the majority of the year. You can head over to audibletrial.com/slash/podcast to get that free title now, or you can choose from over 180,000 other titles today. Support us by heading to audibletrial.com/slash/podcast and get your free 30-day trial started today. All right, so topic two, um, and I think this one will be kind of fun. Um, peripherals. Now, over the history of games, peripherals have kind of been a staple with all the consoles. 
uh, gimmicks, whatever you want to call it. But what I want to talk about now is is everybody's experience. Like, what was your most ridiculous experience? Uh, you know, <laughs> Amanda, I think we know yours, but I would love to hear that story again. Um, but just from all the consoles, power gloves, uh, VR, virtual boy, um, anything that you guys have experienced, you know, what was your most amazing, most ridiculous, uh, maybe favorite peripheral. So Daniel, why don't we start with you? You seem to have all of them behind you. Um, I think the dumbest peripheral I've ever seen was on the original Nintendo system. Yes. It was called the U force. Oh, I don't even know what this is. Tell me. So picture a laptop style device. I mean, it, it's a clamshell. It folds in half. You open it up and you can put this like little stick controller thing in there and you're supposed to be able to control the games with your hands. You know, you put your hands in this, you this field and yeah, just it was horrible. It sucked. Um, <laughs> it was supposed to be, you know, a, a new way of playing games without touching. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, it was probably one of the most horrible things I've ever seen in my life. Um, I don't have one. I actually do want to get a hold of one and just kind of try it out now. Um, but I remember it really just, we, we couldn't get like Top Gun or not Top Gun, but, uh, what the hell is that game called? Uh, oh, the freaking game with the airplane. I can't think of the name of it. Um, yeah, Top Gun. Hello. Um, yeah. They, we, we couldn't get that game working for whatever reason. We were trying to fly it. We just kept crashing. Um, and what's really funny was there was a video of uh, Anger Video Game Nerd playing it using the U-Force. And he was playing Top Gun as well. And, I mean, I was just when I was watching that episode, I was just flashing back remembering when we were trying to play that game. Yeah. <laughs> just a useless peripheral. Yeah, what, was, what about a favorite one? Uh, a favorite one. Um, the Connect. Does that count? No, I'm just playing. Um <laughs> It counts. It's a peripheral. <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I, I don't think I really... Yeah. The only thing I, I use like, my connect for is like when I you know, Skype with my, my son or <laughs> Xbox <yeah>. on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess that's pretty useful. <laughs> that's the coolest thing about connect to me. That it literally, and it begins and ends there. Xbox on. That's it. Oh, come uh, on. You never played Child of Light? Man, I felt I like... I did not. Awesome. So Awesome. Controlling a symphony with my hands. It was so good. <laughs> that might have been cool. That, I, I just I didn't even know that game existed. So that probably would have been cool. Uh, Nobody played Fable Connect? I played it at your house, Rue. I, I, it it's was cool. okay. Yeah, it, it was okay. It wasn't very responsive either, though. Yeah, no, that's that was the thing about responsive. I mean, it's fun for a minute, and then you put it back down. Yeah, and and if and if 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 you weren't in the right spot trying to work Netflix, it didn't work either. You're like move, trying to get yeah. the screen to go or Netflix on. No, 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 Netflix on. Then it wouldn't. Then choose the wrong one. <laughs> yep, it'd be over with. Star Wars Connect. <laughs> Was that a thing? Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The da- <laughs> the dancing scene with Han Solo. Oh, see, I always, <laughs> I always saw the videos of it. Never did do it. So, oh, okay. There's a picture of the uh, U Force. Fantastic. I mean, the kid on the cover makes it look like it's really easy. Looks like he's, I mean, he's enjoying totally it. having fun. Yeah, <laughs> he's having a good time. Yeah, Rooster, you got uh, any peripheral stories? Yes, um, a couple. Uh, the power glove for me was not even worth the money. 
uh, it maybe, looked so cool. It was the best because the reason I bought the thing was for uh, Mike Tyson punch out. Yeah, because does it I, even I, work I, on that? No, no, because you have to move left and you have to put this like weird thing around your t- these weird sensors around your TV. It was like this. Uh, square box at the bottom corner, square box at the top, right and left, and then the other bottom. And then you have to be right in the middle of it, and then you have to move adjustingly, you know. And it was so frustrating as a kid. So I just cut it off. I just cut the wire off because I got tired of it, and I, it became my um, Conan the Barbarian uh, glove, or, or no, Thundar the Barbarian. Yeah, Thundar. With the lightsaber, and I made that into my weapon room. But um, yeah. it it was such a such a useless tool to me because I'm I'm sure there's so many other things you could have done with it. They just didn't come with the, that great of an instruction manual. To I mean, use you it. could play Mega Man with it if you wanted to. Terrible, yeah. But you could. And so um, that that being said, I have another one which was the giant Nintendo joystick that came to sit in your lap. It was like the bait, and it had the the joystick. And instead of uh, using the power pad which a lot of kids had that I didn't, and I would just have to go to their house, my friend's house to uh, play on it because I couldn't afford it. Right. Um, I did have a friend of mine who was uh, um, uh, he was paralyzed. He was uh, quadriplegic, and he could only move, well, well, he could only move his uh, upper half of his body with What's his about hands Larry? and his head. Yeah, Larry. Uh, we, had, uh, we bought the NES, and we had the big pad. That's all he could play. And we figured out how to play track and field. And um, one of the cheat was you'd take a battery and you would just run it across AB real quick, real quick. And it would make <laughs> your it was it was like it was funny because it was like playing like a guitar on the strings or whatever. You take a battery and run across the two <laughs> buttons real quick, and you would be like an, you break every world record on the game. It was awesome. Well, sweet. So those are some of the ones that I've Those are I've some had. of your peripheral stories. Yes. All right, Amanda. Have you uh, <laughs> any other peripheral stories for us besides the VR? I mean, the VR one is pretty classic, though. I wish, yeah. I wish well, you would know. tell us the name of that thing. I, I don't know. I will. You know what? I'll message my mom and ask her to take a picture if she's still got it in the house because it is, like, legendary now. It is. But, uh, for those of you who didn't hear, it's basically a spider device that had goggles and then uh, arm and leg straps connected to those goggles that were uh, motion sensors. Um, and it just had like a little ninja guy come towards you and you had to to hit it by wiggling your arms and legs in an appropriate fashion. <laughs> it looked like a spider and it was quite silly. Um, so that's probably the most ridiculous peripheral that I've ever uh, had the pleasure of uh, enjoying. I would say my favorite is definitely the Connect. I did play quite a few Connect games. I did link one in the chat. Um, the one I was being on either Child of Eden. Um, Child of Eden. So it was a. Um, it's hard to describe because I've never played a game like it before. But essentially, the better you were doing at eliminating the bad guys, um, the more you made like a symphony, and it was like you controlling the soundtrack. Um, and guiding yourself in like outer space. It was quite cool. It was a very like relaxing experience. I would probably say on the relaxation scale, similar to how I've heard people um, describe No Man's Sky. Um, so it's, you know, you're like going through outer space and there are like, you know, 
bad little icons, little shapes floating towards you, and you just kind of like swipe. It's very like fluid hand motions. You kind of feel a bit like you're doing ta- Tai Chi, so that's quite nice. <laughs> Relaxing. Um, but I would recommend it if anybody's got a Kinect for the 360 knocking about. It does show you what the Kinect should have been. It wasn't really that, but it should have been more of that. Yeah. Um, the best peripheral I think I ever played was the old Duck Hunt shooter peripheral <laughs> for the Nintendo. Yeah. Um, super awesome. It almost always worked properly. I couldn't yeah. complain about it, and it was it was way fun. Um, I remember my uncle had one and we used to play it like around Thanksgiving and stuff, hook it up to the TV at my grandma's house and then just go duck hunting and excellent peripheral. I think they should make more like that because it was quite, quite cool little, yeah. little gadget. Well, you know, the, and, bat, the, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, Rooster, you were, you were telling me something now. So the light guns don't work on our TVs now. Is that, what, no, is the, that correct? Yeah, the light guns won't work on LCD flat screens or plasmas. Um, it, it worked on a uh, an idea of um, the old school TVs where they had light bulbs in the back. Um, basically, what it did was it shot a, a a black square across where you're shooting, and um, so now the technology nowadays won't allow the light gun to shoot. And the only reason I know this is because a friend of mine bought on eBay like a $150 um, get up of the uh, NES. Somebody, <laughs> is somebody in a helicopter? <laughs> World of Warcraft. Uh, what was Sorry that? that. World War Three is about to start. Um, that's just London, you know, we're trying to patrol and secure the area. So. Well, for sure, certainly. I'm glad. It, is it secure? That was I don't. I don't know. There, there could be some criminals wandering I about. So. <laughs> I'll stay on the line. All the exactly. Well, let us know. Dodgy. Yeah, let us know, please. <laughs> we know we got at least six hours so before it gets to us. Um, so apparently, apparently, um, yes, the the uh, light gun doesn't work on the new TVs now. It's, and and Stacy and I were talking about this uh, a couple of days ago about how that's probably why they didn't release it on the new uh, mini NES. Um, because it doesn't work on the TVs now. And, um, you know, the other thing that's cool about the light gun, a lot of people don't know, is that if you point the gun away from the screen, you could also use it as a controller. Like, it would be like your select button, and you can, like, pull the trigger and move over the cursor to whatever you're looking for. So um, I remember doing that a few times. So you could have the light gun in one hand and your actual controller in the other and just make it really complicated. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's way confusing, you yeah. know. But, uh, yeah, uh, the light gun, uh, you know, you play, what, what was it? Um, it was Duck Hunt and um, Wild, uh, what was the gun shooter? Wild, um, they did it on the Back to the Future, Wild Gunman. Well, they also had one, my favorite one. It actually wasn't either one of those. It was Hogan's Alley. Oh, yeah, I remember Hogan's Alley. Yeah. That was like that a was... cartoony yeah, shooting. where you had yeah. to shoot the criminals and not the normal people. Yeah, that that was fun. Or if it was, that. you just wanted to have fun shooting the normal people. Just shoot everybody. Yeah, just shoot everybody. You you will not win the game that way, but it could still be fun. It's kind of like Grand Theft Auto in the Nintendo version. Yeah. Is that Amanda's cat? Not a euphemism. <laughs> um. 
That peripheral that you linked us, uh, Daniel, is maybe the best one. <laughs> uh, for those that, that are listening and can't see it, I imagine the peripheral he linked was for uh, veterinarians, perhaps? Yeah, it looks like <laughs> it. Or horse enthusiasts. Horrifying. Horrifying. It's the, it's the back half of a horse... Uh, and I imagine that there's some sort of exam going in, going on with this particular peripheral. I'm sure that's a good training device. Uh, yeah. You can work uh, your right arm or your left, I imagine. Uh, probably an, a niche item. It won't kick you. My only question yeah. is, is, does it work on Xbox 360? That's what I'm just saying. Is there an adapter, an emulator? Can we get it over here? Hook it up to my NES. Um. Well, for me, the uh, probably the most ridiculous I'd say was uh, was the power glove. Uh, peripherals for me were always gimmicks, especially after that one. Um, I had it, and I think I had it long enough to realize it didn't work. It didn't work on some of my favorite games, mm -hmm. and so because of that, <coughs> because of that, I didn't really use it uh, for very much. I tried to use it on uh, the wrestling games that came out on the NES. Uh, and just pointless. So I think I cut the, I think I cut the wires off of it and used it just as a, a regular glove. After that, <laughs> batting um, glove. Yeah, batting glove. Sweet batting um, glove. You type in the cheat code for the baseball game. You hit a home run every time. Could you do that? No, that's like real life. You wear it in a game, batting game, baseball yeah. game. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it definitely gave me more power. Uh. But you, uh, you could so play it on bases loaded, though. Bases loaded, it worked really well. See, and I just, I don't, I think I tried it on the wrong games. You know, the ones that it absolutely worked the worst now, on. Did you all actually follow the instructions and type in the code for the game? Oh, yes. absolutely. Yes. No. <laughs> I did. At Were least you for supposed the first to do that? Two. <laughs> it never worked. That, it doesn't matter. Does that help? <laughs> yeah, it does actually help. Um, uh, the light gun or a light gun was probably one of my favorite peripherals. I remember, I think Silent Scope came out with a, like a bazooka type uh, light gun or something like that. I, I can't remember if, if that was on that particular... That may have been on PlayStation. Um, I can't remember. Uh, that one was good. Uh, the power pad, which you could do a lot of things with the power pad. And like Rooster was saying... On track and field, you could actually use your hands to run, mm -hmm. which was a lot faster. And so, if you're running the, <laughs> if you're racing against someone else and you're about to run and look like an idiot running in place, you could just drop onto your knees and and use your hands to actually run. That was actually a good game. It was like the only one for that, though. You know. Yeah. Uh, the only one that really worked on that was the pad, uh, that race pad. But I mean, it was fun. You could have more than one person playing. Um, I never played the Kinect. Uh, in fact, I did some early research uh, on like uh, caloric expenditure and the Kinect and caloric expenditure uh, and some of the other uh, gimmicks. Building on that, though, my favorite, I think, or, or the the uh, peripheral, and I'm just gonna, I'm probably gonna cheat by doing this, but I think the Nintendo Wii as a whole was a peripheral, was its own kind of entity um its own gimmick cheater i know it i know it but uh, the more i thought my about favorite it I mean, peripheral is a whole game system <laughs> i think it was the way that they they did the control because but the whole thing was a gimmick to me i mean the only 
if I was going to play a game or a lot of games on the Wii, I would turn the controller sideways like an old NES controller and play it that way. That was the best way to use it. But then you could download all the NES uh, games to that and play them like that, and that's pretty much awesome. Well, all of us Nintendo fanboys have kind of gotten... I think we've all bought multiple versions of multiple games over the years. Like, I've got three different copies of Super Mario, of different Super Mario Brothers uh, on different consoles that I've bought virtually and otherwise. So, you know, I mean, they, they've done that on every one of them. I imagine they'll do the same thing on Nintendo Switch. So, uh, in fact, I've heard that they're going to release a second NES, if, if I'm not mistaken. And I know we're kind of getting off topic, but that happens here all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they're re- re- going to release another one of those NES boxes that... Uh, like the one that they just released that has different games on it, maybe 30 new games. Have y'all heard anything about that? Well, I hope so. I haven't heard anything about it, but I, I'm going to get one of one or both of, of them. I, I haven't heard about that. I heard rumors about a Super Nintendo version coming out. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. That may have been it. But again, it's all rumor. Right. Well, any closing thoughts on peripherals and... Uh, me cheating by using an entire gaming system or if I knew we were allowed to do that you know I would have used the Wii (laughs) that's why we we golf is the best (laughs) so not fair it well that is uh, that's why that's why I went last I love what 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 are you gonna say rooster I was gonna say I love all additions to games they're all fun to me and i I love playing them, so it doesn't matter if they're crappy or campy or not. I I love them, and I don't want them to quit making them. (laughs) Well, they got to make money. Some of them are just so. You know what? I know what to get you for Christmas is this horse simulator. So I will take it in stride. I I bet you will. And that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Podcast. I want to thank our rebels Daniel Rooster and Amanda for joining me this week. All the notes from this week's episode will be posted on our site, TempleOfGeek.com. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at info at templeofgeek.com. And please head over to iTunes and Stitcher and rate our show because that helps us a lot. Until next time. Bye.